gossip. It can derail a whole company culture. But what can you do as a leader to reduce gossip in your workplace and rebuild the damage that it's caused? It's time for part two with business consultant Kathy Wolf Taze on changing a gossip culture. We hope after listening, you'll be ready to start making steps to reduce gossip and rebuild trust. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. We want to welcome you to the podcast today and hopefully welcome you back to the podcast. This is part two with Kathy Wolf-Taze. We had such an amazing part one talking about Kathy's work, the impact that she has had in corporate business and large organizations, and now as a solopreneur, the owner of KWT, working with um, leaders at all all levels. She has developed a training on gossip and we're keeping it going because it's so sticky. And where we left off last time, our reminder is that this is our individual work first and that then culture will change when it begins with me. And so Kathy, I wanna welcome you back here today and dive right into where we left off in the first podcast. Let's go back to what is the definition of gossip? Yeah, gossip takes on a a personality of its own. But when we think about gossip, we think about anything that can be slanderous, toxic. And and I think I mentioned Dave Ramsey's definition, which is my favorite, discussing anything negative with someone who can't help solve the problem. And that is my favorite, right? So if I'm sitting with Tara and complaining about a friend of ours, that's gossip, right? Unless I say to Tara... I know you have a really strong relationship with Lucy and I'm just really frustrated with her right now. And I would love some guidance on how to minimize that because I'm, I know I'm talking ill about her and I don't want to be right because it becomes a root cause. I think that's like where gossip gets a little like, why am I talking poorly? Why is it revenge? There's like motivators of of gossip, right? Sometimes it's revenge. I don't like to think that's ever mine, but it might be. Right. But sometimes it's a sense of power. Right. We feel like we have knowledge that other people might not have. And think about that in the workplace. Right. You, I just got out of this meeting. Think about what I know that you don't know. And so we want to share that as a sense of power. One of my favorite motivators, and I think this is probably the one I lean into, is a sense of relief. Oh, if we're talking about someone else, but we're not talking about me, which again goes with my speakeasy concept, right? (laughs) What they don't know won't hurt them. But if they don't know anything, they can't gossip about me. Hmm. And it just becomes like this whole, again, self-awareness of why are we gossiping? Because it's not good. No. We're not meant, we're not supposed to be malicious, right? Or hurtful to people. And I think as that foundation of being super, super passionate about people and the crusties, it's hurtful. Yeah, it is hurtful. And I I wonder if one of the motives, I don't know if this is a motive or just a, a root cause, as you were saying, is our own anxiety and fear can cause us to shift blame or make excuses that then pull other people or reasons in that aren't necessarily true. They're projections of our own fears and anxieties. In the work that you've done, Kathy, how have you helped people move through that so that they can see themselves clearly 
in terms of gossip? Yeah, great question, Tara. I don't know that I have a specific like process for it, but again, I think there's all these words and leadership and accountability is one as well. And I guess I've always had this understanding. I don't know if it's a gift or maybe it's too much self-awareness to always ask myself, what role did I play in it? Or what could I have done differently? Or what did I do to enhance like the the negativity? And you are exactly right. When I am not my best version of myself, right? When I am hangry or when I am not feeling secure or my competency is being questioned, right? I am not great. It's when I tend to want to vent. It's when I can find fault with others. And I think that that self-awareness of saying, okay, Kathy, you better start writing down your role in that or what could you have done differently or do you need to pick up the phone and apologize? And for me, that's like a continuous improvement of self of like, I know I hurt Tara's feelings. I need to call her. Mm -hmm. I know that didn't feel comfortable and I played a role in that. I need to address that. And that's the courage I think that comes with leadership that so many of us do not want to address. We ignore it because we say, oh, but they have really high skills or they did their job. But yeah, we don't address it. We just let it be. Mm. And and that doesn't build great characters and great Mm. businesses and great cultures. That's not what that builds. That builds complacency. So does that look, Kathy, then like leaders holding people accountable when they are noticing that's happening to say, are you going to have a conversation with this person, helping them figure out how to have that conversation? Yeah. Have you guys heard of the the drama triangle? No, inform us. it's It's part of the training, but, and there's some great videos on it, but it's called Cartman's drama triangle and it talks about three players right there's the victim there's the rescuer and there's the persecutor so the victim is me I go to Tara and I say oh my gosh can you believe that Bob hasn't checked in 10 patients today I've checked in 20 so I'm the victim right because I'm working harder than Bob and Tara becomes my rescuer right because I've gone Mm -hmm. to her and Tara goes I know I had the same situation with Bob yesterday, right? And Bob's the persecutor because Bob doesn't even know, right? Nobody's even talked about about it. Poor Bob. I know. Poor Bob. And the goal is to go from drama triangle to empowerment triangle. And those are the skills and the application. And so the victim then becomes the creator. You create your own destiny. So while I still might go to Tara... I'm not going to Tara to gossip or vent. I'm going to Tara as a coach or a witness. So the rescuer becomes the witness. And the witness now is going to coach me and give me guidance to encourage me to go straight to Bob. And there's really cool graphics that you can do do with it. But the persecutor actually becomes the challenger. So that challenger then has a different mindset that says, thank you for coming to me. I didn't know I was doing it. Maybe the challenger is still a difficult employee. Who knows? But at least you are cutting out the middleman because the gossip becomes, remember, when you go to someone who can't help you fix the problem. And that's the application around it. And actually, again, because I love testimonials and I don't think you can teach things that you haven't perfected, but I'm a recovering rescuer. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes the rescuer is the one that goes and fixes it. Oh, let me just go talk to Bob about it. Or we go to our bosses and say, oh, hey, did you know that Tara's really struggling right now? And we think we're helping. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're not. We're yeah. not teaching the skills. We're not helping them manage meaningful, difficult conversations, which guess what? In the end, builds trust. Yeah. This is helping me to remember in a nonprofit that I served in, I really valued a leader who on this whole topic of gossip, when someone would come as a victim to him before they would even start, he would say, listen, I want you to know that if you're going to share something about someone to me, especially about a conversation that you need to have, if you bring this to me, you have 24 hours and and I will reach back out to you. And so that's also holding the person accountable, but then going into the coaching conversation of how to do that. What is the fear underneath so that the person who's coming forth as a victim also can identify why did this prick you? Why was it hard? Why haven't you spoken up so far? So there's this awesome opportunity from the coach, but knowing that leader was so adamant that in every one of these cases, if you bring this to me, you have 24 hours. And, and I will reach back out to you or I'm going to ask you. And typically it happens sooner than that when you put that parameter on it, because you don't want to sit with it that long. Let's just, if I have to deal with it, let's deal with it. <laughs> That's the other one of the lovely things that I love to hear is when they say, oh my gosh, I had the conversation. And you're like, yes. How and they're like, it went so much better than I thought. Because here's the deal, you guys, like we can read all the leadership books and they're great. I love them too. But until we have someone mentoring and guiding us and giving us the words, we don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know how to create an Excel spreadsheet until someone teaches us, we watch a video, whatever it may be. But just see people in action, diffusing situations or calming a situation or encouraging you with words. People say, can I just copy down your words? And I'm like, you can, but that's my style. You got to find your own style or it's not going to be authentic. And the only way you get to know how to do it is to actually putting one little baby in front of the other to practice because it's no different than swimming or w- whatever your vice is, right? Yes, you yeah. have to continue to do it and practice. You don't get to shut down no matter how high up you go the ladder. People are always asking for tidbits and feedback on how to have hard conversations. This is a great place to start practicing is this accountability piece. And it sounds, Kathy, you tell me, but a critical shift for an organization is if the leaders and coaches start becoming that that empowering coach or witness instead of the rescuer. And I'm guilty. I can see myself. I am a recovering rescuer too. And I have to be really cautious and careful about that. So what can leaders or managers begin to do to make the shift? Yeah, I think that's, let me just say, with my restorative as well as my number three, like the fixer, like that rescuer side of me, just like, I have to tame her down because it's not mine to fix. And so as I would say some of the life lessons I've learned and similar to what you were talking about with your situation, Pamela, was when employees would come to me looking for guidance or wanting to vent, one of the first things I would say is, who did you hear that from? Mm, Yeah. 
because it puts the ownership on them. Or what role do you want me to play in this? Do you need me to listen? Do you need me to give guidance? Because sometimes we do just really need to vent and get it out. And we need to make sure that those are with busted employees. And so with gossip, I do think we put this big pressure on leaders that it falls on us. But the reality is it falls mm -hmm. on the masses, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about the water cooler or the grapevine, leaders, as you grow, I hope we get a lot of wisdom, right? I pray for wisdom a lot. It's one of those things that I think as we get older like, and we experience hardships and, and failures, that's how you become a good leader is by failing, in my opinion, because People are complicated. We're complicated, all of us, even the best of us, yeah. right? And so my theory is the more we can work and spend time on our employee to help them navigate. Think about one-on-ones. What do people, organizations teach one-on-ones? And we have these checklists of like, where are our projects? Where's our return on investment? We do all, again, all of the skills, all of those applications we need in business, which I firmly believe in. But we need to spend just as much time equipping people, whether they make $14 an hour or $14 million, with the yes. skills to say, I'm not participating in that. I don't agree with you on that. That's not what I heard. And thank you for sharing with me because that gives me a different perspective. But that's not what I know about Bob. And I think what Bob was trying to say was this. Mm -hmm. Right. So we challenge. Yeah. The comments. We yes. also acknowledge what the person is feeling or thinking because when we say, Tara, that's not right, what's Tara going to do? I'm not coming defensive. to you. He's going to get defensive. She's going to get defensive. And again, do I do it well 100% of the time? The answer is absolutely not. I don't because when my emotions are high too, I'm not great at it. However, I love it when people call me and say, ask me questions because I'm super defensive right now and I need guidance in how to go have this conversation. Yeah, if I could just lend one tip in there. We've said this on other podcasts before, but anytime you ask a question, so if someone came to you and you didn't agree, to be able to say, hey, is it all right if I push back a little bit on that? I have a different perspective. And so you're asking a question which always breaks down a wall. Anytime that you make that statement, I don't agree, you, know, you build one up. But when you say, hey, I have another perspective to consider, is it all right if I share that with you? That has this little bit of time for them to consider that there's going to be another option coming as opposed to just a statement, which then the defensive wall comes right up. Right. That's right. And I think the other side of that too is to say, Bob, I'm noticing some emotion. Help me understand that emotion. And if yeah. you're not ready, that's fine too. We can discuss it later. So you, uh, you actually are, again, I, I feel like I've used the word diffuse, but when it comes to gossip, it is like getting people to see a different perspective or have you considered, or what do you think their motive was? You know what their motive was. All they care about is themselves. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. Let's have more conversations about that. I always love it when it's CEOs too, because employees, the further away from the CEO you are, information is power. There's no getting around it. And we make the assumption as leaders that everybody just understands and they don't, and we don't spend enough time 
explaining things or telling people things, which is again why gossip can start. It's about yes, people delay information. Because in, if people lack information, they will fill in the gaps with what they think they know. That's right. That's right. And, and a lot of times I see gossip starting because there's not enough information. And they're going to someone, anyone to get the information they need to try and get their job done or to try and get what they need to do their work. And additional, maybe erroneous information comes in with that, right? That's right. Hi, everyone. We're taking a quick break from the podcast because I want to do something without Pamela just to brag on her a little bit because she's not really great at that for herself. You all know and love Pamela. She is a phenomenal coach, counselor, mentor, pastor, and she added another title this year, and she's become an author. And the coolest part is not only will these books bless you, they make phenomenal gifts. In fact, they're perfect for gifting. She's written two books that I want to tell you about. One is called Make Good Choices. It's a children's book. But you know the children's books that you read, but as an adult, you're thinking, oh, that's really for me. It's a great story from a mentor to a mentee talking about ways to stay true to ourselves and to make good choices. And we know that you're going to be blessed by the story in reading it to anyone else and gifting it to anyone else. The other book that she's written is a soul care faith-based journal called Linger in His Presence. And it is about daily reflection and really takes us deeper to connect with our maker. And I really think you're going to love this journal as well. She also has a men's version and a teen version of this journal. So we hope that you will consider looking these up on Amazon, thinking about them as you're thinking about meaningful gifts to give this season. You can go to Amazon or find the links in the show notes. And now back to the podcast. Where we sit in meetings and we say, I don't want this to go any further. And then when our teams ask us about the meeting, we're like, oh, we can't talk about it. What are people going to think? Instead of coming up with transition comments, like we did discuss this today, we're not at a point of giving out any further information. And I hope you trust me with that. As I get more information, I will be updating you guys. And I know it's frustrating that you don't know. However, just to protect the blah, 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 right? That's information that builds trust and minimizes gossip. And it's transparency without breaking trust, right? That's transparency without sharing beyond what we are in a place to share. We were just doing a training recently on connection with leaders and you're responsible for the connection between you and that individual, between the individuals on your team, making sure they stay connected, but also between the individuals on your team and the company. And how often as leaders, in order to make ourselves more comfortable, do we break that connection in order to hotwire that connection with those people, but not protect their relationship with the company and do damage that way? I think as leaders too, if our employees don't trust us, they're not going to come to us. I always had the minimized drama. I don't do drama. I don't do it well in business and I don't do it well personally. And so I try to minimize that in my life. And with that comes this whole setting the expectations for the people in your life. And I sometimes feel left out. Maybe again, it's the speakeasy side of me, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that about that person in the community. I don't want to know that about that person in our business because it doesn't do me any good. And the employees that I had the blessing of getting to help lead and mold and mentor, 
they would know unless they were prepared to answer questions. They weren't going to come to me with nonsense because it defeats the purpose of why we're there, right? And I'm all about leading with relationship and then executions. You know me, right? It's I'm going to love on you and then we're going to get stuff done. We don't have time for nonsense. <laughs> we just don't have time. Yeah. And it's frustrating if all you're doing is gossiping and something doesn't get done. Why live in that frustration? And I see it, whether it's in the corporate workplace or within families, but people live in 90% of their space oftentimes with other people's stories that they can't do anything about and 10% in the space with what they really can do something with the people who are close, with those that are that you don't text with, but you actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with. And that needs to be flipped. We need to live 90% of our lives, mm -hmm. our focus on what we can directly affect in that change with people who are those that are either across the screen, but it's at least a face-to-face. -face. And then 10% of our lives spent on those things that we cannot affect change on. Yes, we need to be aware, but think of the peace that comes when we have these face-to-face, -face, when I have that relationship, that connectedness, that ability to see you eye-to-eye, -eye, that transfers over then if we choose to take this into our workplace, into our families, and into our lives. Yeah, I, um, I, I think this is a new thing for me. And maybe it's because these topics are so heightened. And my word this year has been hypocrite, right? You don't get to teach and preach and then actually go out and do exactly the opposite of what you're teaching and preaching. So make sure you're aligned in yeah. mind, body, and soul. And my line to some people that have really strong opinions on others is we don't need to help them dig their grave. Mm -hmm. They'll do it on their own. We don't need to participate in it. We don't need to throw dirt. We don't need to do that because I do believe in what goes around comes around, right? So if we are leading with self-control, with kindness, with goodness, we're watching our tongues, right? Because it's the most powerful thing in our body, right? our serpent tongue, I like to call it, and can build you up and tear you down within yeah. seconds. And so we don't have to help people do that. There's plenty of those people out there that are doing it themselves. So let's set ourselves aside in a different way of leadership and really be conscious of what that looks like, because that's what will change the world. That's yeah. what will change one person at a time is watching great leaders be great leaders. And whether that's leading your community group, one person, that's all it takes. One person to multiply. It doesn't have to be the masses. So Kathy, there might be someone listening who doesn't feel like they're in a position of leadership or management, but they do want to make a difference in, in culture. Maybe they're listening and they're like, yep, I have a role I can play. What's, do you recommend that if you're going to change how you interact with gossip that you let people know in advance, or do you recommend they just start practicing it and seeing how it goes? Yeah. What I tell people in the trainings, like one of the companies I work with and love, love them dearly. They're doing this from every executive, the CEO to the new employees. So everybody's getting a version of this. And so they know how important it is. And one of the things I would say about individuals is you guys don't practice with your hardest person. So if, <laughs> if the town gossip comes to you and you know the town gossip is the town gossip, don't start with that person. 
<laughs> start with someone you trust and you care about and you know you can use Designed Alliance. So Tara, if it was you and I would say, hey, I don't, I know you have strong feelings regarding Bob and I am working on some leadership tools. And one of the things I've realized is that I participate in the negativity around Bob. And while I respect how you feel about that, I want to be more of an encourager for you and a coach for you, as opposed to someone who's just going to agree with you. And so you start by practicing in real time. I have people that will text and say, I gossiped today. Oh my gosh, it did not feel good. So the self-awareness itself and just learning those transitional lines to say, thank you for sharing that, Pamela. And I'm just not going to participate in that. So thank you. Thank you for that. But, and here's what I say too. And I've, I think I've always said this as a leader. People will leave the organization. You probably only need to fire one or two people, those toxic people that really do spread rumors, because they'll leave when they know they can't meet your expectations. Standards of excellence, I call them. Mm -hmm. Right? Standards of excellence on how we decide to behave as humans, as leaders of what we decide to participate in and not participate in. So start with someone you know, someone you trust, pick maybe a topic, use Designed Alliance, and then move on to bigger and better, right? Because you're getting confident. And yeah. will it always work? Nope. And will you yep. get pushed back? Yep. And will you be the most popular person in the office anymore? Nope. Yeah, I love the advice to start with someone that you trust or don't start with the hardest person, right? In your life, that's just great advice anywhere you're going to practice. Get some early wins and have a way to practice this in a place that's that's safe. Can you, Kathy, as we wrap up, can you share any stories of change from trainings that you've done or any wins or anecdotes that might help someone listening to be inspired to make some changes? Yeah, I I don't know about wins. I love it when people call or they'll text and they'll say, thank you, your voice was in my head. I hope it's my good voice and not my ugly voice. I hope I am a trusted friend. I hope I am a trusted colleague. I hope I am a trusted advisor. I hope I'm a trusted wife and, and sister and daughter. And I think I am. I think when people come to you and they share deepness, deep hurt, and they know it's not going to go anywhere. I wasn't always good at that. And I feel like that is just a constant journey. And I get emotional about it, hmm. that when you are trusted, and it's something you earn because yeah. they trust you with really deep information and that there's going to be little judgment in it and that it's not going to go to the world. And I, what I'm hearing you say, Kathy, is that the payoff is that you become a more trustworthy person and the quality of relationships gets to be deeper, richer, more meaningful. If you are feeling empty or disconnected, practicing becoming a more trustworthy person in your workplace is going to reap rewards, not just at work, but at, in your life. And maybe one success I will, I will say with all humility is. I remember as, as CFO that I worked with, CFOs and service people, yet they're like yin and yang. Results and emotions, results and emotions are results and relationships. And I remember coming into this organization and there was a lot of chaos, lots of gossip, lots of drama. And within a year, the CFO said to me, I don't know what the heck is going on back there, but there is a significant change 
And I thought, I didn't, I haven't even really done anything. And then I thought, as you look back, it's yeah, because you stand in front of your people and you say, here are my standards of excellence. We are going to address gossip. We are going to address drama. We are going to address how we treat each other day in and day out because that's that reflects on how we treat our customers. Because if we treat each other like crap all day and talk about each other, what do we do? I just had a client say, I think I need to stop complaining about my clients. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because my staff's complaining about them. And I'm like, hello, we <laughs> give people permission to talk and gossip mm-hmm. or about our frustration. As the leader goes, so it goes to the organization. So I love that your client said that. And I just want to say, Kathy, thank you for modeling your journey of leadership with this and this place of even coming to trust yourself and be that person that is in that honored space of being trustworthy. Thank you so much for joining us today for this powerful conversation. I want to make sure everyone knows, Kathy, you're available to come into organizations and do this gossip training. It's not just with organizations you're working with. Otherwise, you can bring just the gossip training in, right? So if someone's listening and they're like, we need this in our organization, this is something you would come and do. That is absolutely correct. So I would love to have the conversation about it. Yeah. So feel free. We are going to have all of Kathy's information in the show notes. Please reach out to her. This would be one knock and password is if you connect with her through the links that are in our show notes. Otherwise, good luck. (laughs) We'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast. Would you do us a favor? Would you rate this and even leave a review? It helps for this leadership podcast to get noticed. And we know that this Even today, I just think this is so powerful. This needs to go Mm -hmm. forward into all the leadership spaces. And so we look forward to another powerful conversation next time as you are grounding and growing as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. Come on.